All right. Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today's we're recording this one on January 24th, Wednesday, post win against the Winnipeg Jets. The Leafs go, eh, what was that? A win against Calgary, loss in Vancouver, unfortunately, win in Seattle, and then a win against the Jets. So that's three and one. Record's good, but we'll get into more details about that. So we'll get into those games. We got a great interview though with Jordan Schmaltz. He played, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with who that is, he was a former first-round pick. He played in the NHL with the St. Louis Blues. He actually played for the Toronto Marlies, and Sheldon Keefe was his coach for a little while before Sheldon Keefe got that promotion to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I had a fantastic chat with him about a little bit about him, a little bit about the league, his thoughts, a little bit about the Leafs, a little bit about the Yotes. It was an awesome chat, so we'll get to that very, very soon. But first, we have a message from our friends at Manscaped. Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all-new Performance Package 5.0. Designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to snag 20% off plus free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. Um, I have cut myself. I don't know why that's why they want me to talk about me cutting myself with a pair of scissors below the waist. I don't think anyone really wants to hear that, but what people do want to hear, Manscaped, promo code RINKRAT. R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Let's get into these games. So the Calgary game, what's funny about that one is I keep hearing from everyone, they played like garbage in the first period. They played awful in the first period. I was listening to it on the radio. They played awful in the first period. Horrible, horrible, horrible. When the games are on TSN, you can't really find them afterwards. It's really, really weird. You can't, like, you can't get... You can't watch them again unless you record it. And I forgot to record it, so I missed the first period. The Leafs were down 2-1. They were playing like junk, apparently. I never got to watch that first period. So I got to watch the second and the third. So to me, they played pretty damn well. Austin Matthews went completely beast mode in that one. Uh, The Vancouver game will quickly fly through this one as well. I thought they deserved better. That was a very tired Martin Jones. A very tired Martin Jones. He did not look good in that one. I mean... When you look at that first period, oh, they went down 3 nothing. The goals were kind of shit. The Leafs had a couple great chances. Bertuzzi in front that slips through Demko. Shit happens. Okay. Mitch Marner off the great kick pass from Austin Matthews in front. Demko makes a great save there. They got some offense. They got some lucky goals, but just wasn't enough. The, power, the penalty kill couldn't bail you out. The penalty kill just, quite frankly, looked like shit. So penalty kill... Subpar goaltending, shitty bounces. And that's been Vancouver's motto this year, it seems like. They're shooting at such a ridiculous clip. I have no idea when it's going to go down. I feel like it should at any time now. All the statistics tell you it's going to go down. I mean, how many goals can you get from, like, the the thing about the goals? I mean, a couple of them are just garbage and just lucky bounces, just flying over Martin Jones. So, Anyways, Vancouver game, very up and down. Good to see them come back in that one, but could not seal it. The penalty kill could not seal it for you, unfortunately. 
Well, the penalty kill actually got you a goal. The power play also couldn't seal it, though. Um, one thing that I will bring up. In that Vancouver game, it made me start to notice this. The power play, the extra man, we'll call it. When the Leafs have the extra man, it feels like they want to take the puck out of Morgan Riley's hands. Listen, Morgan Riley's had a pretty good season this year. I get reminded every other tweet about him, every single tweet about him from a follower. It's a great follower. No, I'm not going to lie. It kind of keeps me on my toes when he reminds me. So thank you to Michael Marshawn for, for doing so. But Riley's been pretty good this year, I think, overall. The Leafs are taking the puck out of his hands, it feels like, with the extra man. Take a look on the power play. How many puck touches did he get this this uh, against the Jets? And at the six on five, look where he was at the very end of it. Um, like when the puck was cleared, he was in front of the net. He was playing the net front. They're putting Marner more up high and they're putting Melander more up high. And they're taking the puck out of Riley's hands. But as a result of that, he's playing the net front. He's playing forward. Why not just put out six forwards or five forwards then like on the power play he's playing like the bumper position he's not comfortable there he's not comfortable on the wings either and he's also moving the puck way too slow at the qb position so you have a real just issue on the power he's guess what he didn't touch the puck on the power play in this one um and it still sucked against the jets they were still not able to get enough going we'll say but i feel like it's just a it's it looks really weird. I realize he's not moving the puck fast enough. I said this last episode. He's not doing a good job on the power play. Plain and simple. But to put him then, keep him involved on the power play, and put him in a different position, please connect the dots for me here, because it's not really making sense. Because like, I, I realize now who's going to be the QB on the power play. I don't know. You might have to go back to five forwards for a little bit just to get something going because this this power play extra man also just looks like shit. The entries look nice, but after that, they're just not getting anything going. So that's my little rant about the power play there. Anyway, Seattle was a good little test, a little little appetizer for Milia Samsonov. Only had 17 shots against. The goal against was... Um, Riley and Brody boxing each other out. So that was, uh, that's fantastic. Great job, boys. You're on the same team. You're boxing each other out, doing a horrible job too. They just look way too soft in front of the net. So the goal wasn't his fault, but Samson, I've made a couple of huge saves in this one in the Seattle game. And now I want to talk about the Jets game real quick. And we'll get into some clips from the Jets game. What clips from the Jets game? Who am I going to clip from the Jets game? It was a one, nothing win. And guess what? I hated every single skater's performance. Rick Robertson deserves a clap. He looked energized out there. So outside of him, everyone else sucked. You had five power plays to their two. And they got the second one very, very late. And half of it was a four on four, I think or one of them was half four on four. That was horrendous. That was a horrible effort from everyone on the Toronto Maple Leafs short of Ilya Samsonov. 
That was a fantastic game for Milia Samsonov. That's a game, the Seattle game, I was like, okay, I saw some good there. So much more, you know, square. When the puck was hitting him, it wasn't going into the back of the net because we saw that a couple times before. He looked a lot more confident. He looked a lot more square and centered to the puck. And he made some fantastic saves against the Jets and against the Kraken. I was, I was against Detroit. I was like, this is just such a false say he's back. This is a false. He's back. He made a couple good saves, a couple bad decisions here and there. Uh, I don't know how it's going to look. Wow. 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 The Jets game and the Seattle game. He had enough highlight real saves to fill half a season, we'll say, because that was phenomenal. And I will show you some clips in here of some dumb defensive breakdowns that led to him having to make these saves. Because Ilya Samsonov, guys, I know the Hildeby episode, if you go back to that one, I was like, oh, God, this guy stinks. But I have nothing. I'm holding on to threads here. I'm holding on to threads of confidence for the season. He's going to come back. He's going to be great. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. And what happened? He was fantastic this week. He gave up one goal over his last two starts. The one goal was as a result of your so-called top defensive pairing, boxing each other out. Oh, my God. Anyways, let's get into some clips real quick. Because, oh, and I will show you some of the great saves from Ilya Samsonov. So, the first one here, bright and early in the first period, as you can see, 1454. I want you to watch number 44, Mr. Seven and a Half Million, over eight years in black. And I click play. Morgan Riley's going to get the puck. He's going to lose the puck. He's going to get it back. He's going to lose the puck once again and force Ilya Samsonov to make a save. This is a pretty tough save because there is, it's not pre-shot movement, I would say, but the player is moving. So it's, he's forced to off of a turnover, which makes it that much more difficult of a shot. He's forced to stay with the puck. He stays pretty deep. And I mean, his depth is great on this one. He's pretty square on this one. And he makes the kick save. He doesn't fall to, he doesn't let his momentum take him out of the net, essentially. He stays slightly behind the puck, I'd say, just enough, and he's able to make that nice kick save out. Rebound, puck kick to the corner. So great job, Morgan Riley, on that one. Oh, my God. Anyways, let's take a look at... I don't even know which one this one is, but, oh, this is all of them, so we're going to exit this one. But... Let's take a look at my favorite, 1640 in the second period. The Leafs are on the power play. I do not know what excuse any of the sorry-ass bums on the ice have for allowing this play on the power play. Because Neil Pionk shoots it out, and the Jets from their own blue line have a 2 on 0 i have never 
out of all the shitty, miserable teams I have ever watched, I have never in my life seen such a miserable, garbage, dog shit play from any sorry-ass excuse of a hockey team. And look who's out there. That's Mitch Marner. That's... Looks like Matthew's changing. I can't even tell. I don't even care. Connor Timmons is out there. And... I don't even know who's chasing him behind the net. Who cares? But anyways, I believe Mitch Martin just goes for a line change here. And the Jets have a 2-on-0 from their own blue line. And let's take a look at what happens. Let's let this one, uh, I can't let it breathe because pe- most people are listening on audio. So go watch on YouTube. 2-on-0, was that three saves? Three saves from Ilya Samsonov? The guy that got waved a week ago? I, I think some teams are kicking themselves for, for not blaming him here. But, I mean, I don't blame them for not taking him. I wouldn't have taken him because he was dog shit earlier in the year. But the swagger, I think he's got his swagger back. As Jay-Z would say, I think I got my swagger back. Sounds horrible listening to me say it. But, oh, my God, this was such a nice save. And when you watch him, he doesn't over, he doesn't bite. He stays deep enough in his crease where he's able to easily follow across. And you know what? Sometimes on, on these two on O's, it's a lot of luck too. But I thought the Jets played that two on O. I, I think it was Morgan Barron, and I can't remember who else is on this play here. I can't see the number really. I thought they played it pretty darn well. Usually on a two on O, sometimes you get a little bit. It's Adam Lowry, their captain. Nice who was on the goal on the ice for, and was in a horrible position in the overtime, but that's neither here nor there. Usually on these two on O's, the overpass, and then it results in a shitty, like you just lose the puck. And this one, they had so much time and space, pass, 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 ping, 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 ping. And he made the save and he followed the, like that's just got to boost the confidence right there. What a save from Ilya Samsonov that I, I thought the Leafs would have, you know, come out, flying after that and scored some goals nope just more of the same shit after that and as a result Sheldon Keefe actually benched the first power play on the next power play or the next two power plays I think didn't matter they just didn't score they played miserable this game all of their shots if your game plan was outside shots non-threatening outside shots with no traffic you did you fit that shit to a T Anyways, some other saves that I liked here. That's a double turnover. We're going to exit out of that. The two-on-one, because watch. We got two guys down low here. We got William Nylander with the puck. He decides to send it into the middle. It's Jake McCabe is pinching. Uh, That's a great opportunity to pinch right there, actually. When you have three forwards down low, it's a great idea for the defenseman to pinch in a tie game. So obviously the puck just comes back the other way. Two-on-o. And Ilya Samsonov stands tall, nothing to shoot at, makes the save, stays square, stays center, no rebound on top of that. That was a big save there too. Um, This was a nice one in the first period as well. And um, I really love this defensive strategy from the Leafs on this one. This is Jake McCabe out here and Simone Benoit. Simone Benoit goes over, cuts off the angle on the Jets player, McCabe comes over to to, uh, surf over and knock away the puck. Perfect. Awesome. That's a great defensive play. But let's play this one through and see how 
it plays out because it really was quite interesting. Surf's over and we knock each other down like a bunch of fucking bowling pins. They knocked each other down. It opened up the passing lane and Matthew Nice luckily got back so the Ehlers didn't have the cleanest shot, but that's another great save from Ilya Samsonov there. Plays it well. He's on his feet. Puck above, outside of the golden triangle. That's the above the bottom of the circle there. He's on his feet, which is fantastic. And he knows where the puck's going, and he just comes across, and he meets him. That's a fantastic read. He gets right out there. Center. And he makes the save. That was, fan- that was a really nice save there, too. This one, I mean, I just this one to watch the defensive effort here Leafs are battling for the puck in the corner why is our 11 and a half million dollar winger looking for a breakaway who has the puck in this situation Adam Lowry has the puck and William Nylander's looking for a breakaway as a result pretty decent shot from the top of the circle and a little flair for the dramatics here you gotta love the flair for the dramatics come on man look at this feeling himself gets his feet set flair for the dramatics you know when do you do the windmill? Well, it's when you, the puck hits you and you're a tad bit late and it's kind of going behind you and you don't you can't really like just make the save because it's going to you're going to fall back. So you got to kind of like bring it back and then bring it forward. It's not ideal, but you know what? Guy was feeling himself tonight. So why not? Comes out of the RVH. Boom. Nice little save there. And then I don't have them on here. This was a nice one too. I really like this one simply because tracks the puck through traffic, makes a save, no rebound, no problem. Something I highlighted earlier, he was having trouble tracking pucks through traffic. I'll take anything I can get, you know? So that was the last one. And then he had another two saves in time. So a big game from Ilya Samsonov in this one. I liked it. Would I start him again? Uh, Maybe give Martin Jones one, you know, maybe give him some time off. I'm indifferent. You got yourselves a freaking goalie that can stop the puck, baby. Oh, you know how good that feels? We're back. We're back. So the Jets game was shit, in my opinion. The Seattle game, I thought the Leafs played pretty well. Maybe didn't get the greatest of chances on Joey Decor, but Seattle's a pretty decent te- defensive team. They only gave up 17 shots, only gave up 38 shots this weekend, actually. Vancouver, tough goaltending performance, tough PK performance. What can you do? Calgary up and down game. So a very, very up and down week, but glad to be in the win column three times. Is that three game wins? No, it's not. Glad to be in the, the win column three times different times, right? So I want to throw it to our interview with Jordan Schmaltz. But before we do, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You know, I was on DraftKings. I have... I think a few dollars on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens there. I don't want anyone talking to me about the Cowboys or football. I, I'm going to throw up if I watch football after that Cowboys performance, but that's neither here nor there. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one. 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the nhl league copyright nhl 2024 all rights reserved let's throw it to jordan schmaltz all right we're recording welcome everyone to the rink rat report podcast Today, we have a special guest on, former first-round pick to the St. Louis Blues, former Toronto Marley, former NHL player, current host of the Live in 5 podcast, and owner of Butter Golf, as well as the host of Hockey Night in Scottsdale. We have Jordan Schmaltz, Jay Swish, 93-1, on the program. How's it going, Jordan? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. I guess you'd start us off. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So I've listened to your stuff, just kind of get in prep work of, you know, what's going on in Leafland and and different things. But thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to stop by and spill whatever kind of the people's insider's touch, if you will, to, uh, to all your listeners. So thanks for having me, brother. Beauty. Look at this guy doing the background work too. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Student of the student of the game. Student of the game. A new student of the game. Wow. Because this is your first full year in media, isn't it? Yeah, I guess if that's what you call it. Last year I was in Switzerland playing still. I was out with a uh, concussion for probably eight or nine oh. months. I tried to come back a couple of times and I kept getting symptoms. So it, it kind of made me reevaluate what I wanted to do moving forward and ultimately decided to kind of step away from the game. And I didn't know what I was really going to get up to, but you know, I started going boots on the ground and over at the iconic mullet arena, as I like to say. And I, one of my good buddies, the Heat Daddy, is uh, a Twitter personality. We started doing those Hockey Night in Scottsdale's, which we have a show tonight. And that's kind of gotten some steam where we've been able to start up a little bit of a tour. We were in Calgary last week doing a live show in this coming week in New York City. So, yeah, I guess I'm a full-time member of the media right now. Still a unrestricted free agent in that sense. But, no, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, as a people's insider, had a not bad break earlier in the year. Patrick Kane to the Wings. Ever heard of him? That was a ever heard of him. That was a hell of a call right there. Yeah, I had that one, and then I actually had the Barubie Chief Barubie teed up too. I was just I didn't want to sewer any of my sources, so I w- I had that one, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold. And once St. Louis, they actually tweeted it out at the same time as me. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> the the Blues account. So I had that one. I had the Patty Kane. I'm trying to think if I had anything else. I, I, and then there was the coach, wasn't it? DJ Smith? Which one? DJ, yeah, Smith. DJ Smith. Yeah, yeah, I had some rumblings there. So, you know, not a bad start. Like we had Frank Valley on our on our show, Hockey Night in Scotts. So I say, hey, buddy, watch your chin. I'm coming. <laughs> and also Dar- Darren Drager on, uh, on Live in 5. I said, fella, I'm coming for your neck. But, no, it's uh, it's kind of cool. I, I, I really enjoy the game. I've always been a big-time fan of the game. And any way I can stay in and around the National Hockey League, uh, you know, I, I try to do my best because uh, it's such a great game and obviously I have a lot of buddies still playing. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. 
it's been a lot of fun. Nasty. Yeah. And when you're breaking news, like what kind of rush is it? Cause I, I got to, I luckily somehow swam through and I was able to break Victor Mete signing with the Leafs. And just, I remember I was like, I have to take a shower. I have to throw my phone out the window because nobody was confirming it yet. And it was just like, my, my heart was beating out of my chest. What's it like to break news? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me being a former player had a, obviously a cup of Joe in the NHL and, and playing pro in the American Hockey League and overseas, I, I don't know. It's not like a rush where you're you're getting where you're you're playing or you're stepping on the ice for a playoff game or something like that. But it is kind of funny where you get a text from one of your sources, whether that's a, a manager, or a scout. You know, you have players as well out there where you can kind of hear things. And you know, once you get that confirmed, you just kind of throw it out there and, and see what happens. And you got people chirping at you like oh there's no way that could be real it's like fella you know i got my sources here so you never know i think i'm right but no uh yeah you, you obviously want to you don't want to throw it a burger in terms of just throwing something out there that's not credible because mm-hmm. ultimately you want to be a credible source especially if this is something you're kind of pursuing or trying to do so yeah i, I try to have my boots in order or my ducks in order and and go from there but yeah it, it's pretty cool and i like to be in and around the league and whatever's going on and i don't like to you know, stay out of the rumor mill as much as I can. But mm-hmm. if I have something I have and I'm, I'm comfortable moving forward with it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out because uh, anytime you can one-up one of those insiders, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> agreed, agreed. I mean, yeah, Luke Fox still hasn't given me credit for that one way, way back. But yeah. I wanted to get into the Coyotes a little bit. The Leafs got them twice coming up pretty soon. I think I can't remember the exact dates, but not that it really matters. The Coyotes right now are fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think a lot of people really had them this, this close. I don't think a lot of people had Connor Ingram in the Vesna conversation. So I wanted to ask you as boots on the ground insider, are the Coyotes for real? You know what, brother? Uh, I hate to say it. I don't think so. I mean, for a team that's only spent about $53 million on actual roster money, they're doing the best they can. I mean, they have so much space on their LTIR paying guys like Jake Voracek they've had in the past with Marion Hosa, Shea Weber still on the payroll. So as much as I hate to say that, they're, I don't think they're for real. I just think that in terms of they're playing a little over their skis right now, you see a little bit of the injury bug running around with especially Barrett Hayton being out. Now you have Troy Stetcher that's out. Matt Dumba just went down. So yeah. I just think that they're really thin, you know, like a thin crust pizza. They're just not – there's not a whole <laughs> lot of layer to them. So when they have those injuries, and especially being weak as is down the middle, not as strong as most playoff teams would be, I just don't think they're a playoff team. Hey, maybe Nick Schmaltz, my brother, and Clayton Keller can will these guys to the playoff. But I think they have that really good stretch from late October to December where they're playing really well, and then they kind of have dipped down a little bit back to reality. And Ingram, yes, he is still playing well, but I just think when you have three or four defensemen out or two or three of them out, mm-hmm. as is right now, and then, you know, Nick Schmaltz, my brother, just coming back, Aiton's still out. It's just a lot for their team to to rely on guys coming up from Tucson and their bottom six. Now, who knows, because the West is a little weaker, I believe, than the East, and they could maybe squeeze in if teams like Minnesota, say, kind of icy cold, or St. Louis dips down a little bit. And maybe they slide in a backdoor of a wild card spot, but I, I don't think they will be playing into April. And I, I, I don't think Bill Armstrong is going to be buying at the deadline. I think he's a pretty sharp guy in terms mm-hmm. of how to acquire picks and really build to the future. But you know what? I think if they, if this team can stay here, I think that is, there is some, you know, optimism. They just need a rink and they need to have some sort of stability from ownership because you don't want this team going to Salt Lake city or all these rumors. So 
I think if they stay in the desert, this team can definitely be good the next one or two years, and I could definitely see playoffs on their on the uh, on the horizon. So you brought up an interesting point there, and like you live in Arizona right now, you played in the NHL, so you've seen it. How good is hockey in Arizona? I mean, and by that I mean like how good is the like the fans? And is there a market for Arizona hockey to exist into the future? Yeah, there for sure is. I think if you have the arena in the right spot, I think if it's somewhere in North Scottsdale or like we say, like the East Valley in here in the Arizona Scottsdale area, Phoenix area, if it's somewhere in the East Valley, so if it's the Scottsdale area or if it's closer to Mesa or North Scottsdale, if it's somewhere over there, absolutely. There's a ton of hockey fans. There's so many snowboards that come down here in terms of people coming from Western Canada and even just people from the north of my neck of the woods in Wisconsin and in Chicago, the Illinois area. Like, there's a lot of people that like hockey around here. It's just when the rink was in Glendale, for example, that's 35 minutes in the middle of nowhere. That's like Area 51. Like, it's a no-fly zone over there. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get to. So people aren't going to travel out that way 40 miles to go watch a Tuesday night game against Columbus. It's just not going to happen. But if you have it in the East Valley and you have it in a good area, Absolutely. There's a lot of hockey fans and guys like Austin Matthews who are from here, Matty Nyes, you know, familiar with your fans up there in Toronto. Like these guys are Arizona products and they are really skyrocketing the youth hockey movement around here. So I think even in the coming years, hockey is going to be even bigger. So they just need the bottom line. They need the rink in the right area, brother. And if they put it there and it's there, this, this is a great spot for hockey. It's just, they don't have the land yet. The arena, the project is up in air. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to get Gary Bruce Bettman. Is he going to keep the team here or is he going to move them? I hope they stay, though. Yeah, I feel like he's invested. So he's fighting tooth and nail to keep it in Arizona. And, I mean, I yeah. saw from – because where I first started to, like, really notice, like, oh, like, there is a future for Arizona hockey was Eddie Lack. He lives in Arizona. Yep. And he was saying the same yep. thing as you. Like, when yep. you hear it from former NHL guys and when you're seeing all these – guys from Arizona pop up in the NHL. It's like, okay, like you got to listen. You got to keep this team alive down there. But yeah, absolutely. I just think even from, you know, an expansion side of things, like you wouldn't want to take Salt Lake city away from potential expansion in terms of just owner revenue. I mean, the franchise tag is a roughly estimated about a billion dollars now. So if you have a franchise coming in, paying a tag of a billion dollars like that money is all split with the owner. So the other teams, they don't want Arizona to pack up and potentially take another spot away from a Salt Lake city or a Houston or Atlanta, because, you know, expansion with a tag of what these franchises cost that only drives up league revenue. So it's like Gary has doubled, tripled and quadrupled down on Arizona. Now it's up to the ownership and hopefully they Mm -hmm. get this arena done because the league. And I just think the, this city in this overall area of Arizona needs hockey because it is a major sports market for sure. Is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted to move on to, I wanted to get into a little bit of uh, your time in Toronto. I wouldn't, I know it wasn't even a full season, uh, but you were here a good amount of time and you did play with some, some guys that a lot of Leafs fans are going to remember. Timothy Logren was there when yep. you were there. Pierre Engvall was there when you were there. Uh, Marchment, I want to say, was there when yep. you were there. Yep. Like there San, was some Sandine Wall. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Casimir Kaskasuo, Marley's legend. I think he had yeah, his first Marley. start that year too. Yeah, he was there. We had Adam Brooks. He's you know been a little bit in the NHL since he moved on from Toronto. Nice. Yeah, there been a lot, a lot of good players for sure, and a lot of good veterans. But yeah, there was a there was a core of those those young kids, especially with uh, that came up through the Marleys into Toronto. But yeah, I was there for nine months. I think I. 
the deadline to to New York, the Islanders, and then the mm-hmm. season got shut down. But yeah, I was there for a decent amount of time. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. What was it like playing for Sheldon Keith then? It was good. I mean, I I got traded there. I was I was traded for for that Andreas Borgman, if you remember. Andreas so Borgman. Kyle Dubas, yeah. he straight up there and. You know, I had a good meeting with Dubis, and he basically said, hey, you know, you can come in. I was coming over from St. Louis. I had played, like, 20-odd games in St. Louis the year before. He called me in the summer. He traded for me. He said, hey, we're going to give you a chance to come in and compete for a, a six, seven, eight, nine kind of role. So you might make the team. You have every, you know, chance to make it. I believe it was that Justin Hall was kind of in between me and mm-hmm. him for that last spot. And Babcock was still at the helm. So that was interesting to, uh, you know, get on the phone with uh, – with Iron Mike, if you will, and had a couple <laughs> conversations with them. But no, I, I got sent down to to the Marlies. Uh, I was one of the final cuts that year at camp, and then played for Kiefer for about two or three months until Babcock got fired in November. But yeah, he was oh. great. I mean, I really like Kiefer. I thought he was really knowledgeable. I thought he had very fashion forward type of thinking. You see it now with the Leafs. That's how he kind of implemented his systems into the National Hockey League with a lot of puck possession almost a way of a European soccer style of play where you bring the puck back, you really set up your, your neutral zone attack. You have wingers swinging through Mm -hmm. lanes, a lot of build, a lot of speed, and then getting through the neutral zone, whether you have to deposit the puck in terms of a dump, or you can skate it over the the blue line and make a nice lateral play to, you know, create that possession in your uh, offensive zone. So I really liked him. I thought he was a good coach. Now I, I don't know what's going on there really right now. I I mean, Mm -hmm. Is, what is that him or is it the team where's the disconnect is it the personnel I mean for me I don't know if they really have the goaltending like you know it's no secret I don't know if they have the defenseman or the goaltending to really go mm-hmm. on a deep run they have it up you know with their their big dogs and their big guns are obviously really good players but I, I'm not sure on the depth there but yeah I really like Sheldon I thought he was a good guy I thought he was fair I thought he was a player's coach but still he could be firm and I thought he was pretty knowledgeable just I'm not exactly sure what's uh, what's going on there other than, you know, the obvious. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the goaltending in the D. Like, it's been – yeah, it's been a whirlwind whirlwind year in terms of goaltending because you'll get a couple guys steal some games. Like, Martin Jones stole a game or two. Joseph Wool stole a game or two. But then you'll just get some absolute stinkers. So, hopefully, we get Joel Wool back in the crease there. Um, but, yeah, that yeah was, that's he- been interesting. That must have been interesting for you. You've seen him since 880 in the in the AHL, and now he's he, like he showed potential. Then I will say that like he did have some good games here and there. Sometimes yeah. the Marlies D, from what I saw, like when they brought in Joey Duzak, who's a glorified midfielder, I'll call him. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was a little bit tough back there. Some seven five games, but to see him come into to full form, it seems like has has been awesome. I mean, what have you thought of him? You're a pro when I was there, and I thought. He was very raw as a, as a mm-hmm. goalie coming up from college oh, yeah. would be. I thought he moved really well. I thought he got a little loud in terms of a lot of movement, you know, mm-hmm. around the crease. I think he needed to quiet his feet down. I thought he obviously had really good hands. He was very athletic, but I just thought he needed to, to settle down a little bit. And it seems like he has, I think he's progressed every year. I think they've done a, yeah. a nice job with him. I think goaltending is just a weird position in general. I mean, a guy like Jordan Bennington, who I go back to a lot, was my roommate in Chicago in the AHL, which the St. Louis Blues. He was told he, to go to the coast. He said, no, I'm not going down to the coast. He was like our third goalie the whole year. And then two years later, he wins the Stanley Cup. I mean, Bennington, they, they had wrote him off to a point where he was actually playing for the Providence Bruins in the Bruins mm-hmm. organization because St. Louis told him, we don't have any room in the AHL for you, which is crazy, right? So 
it's just I think goaltending every guy develops differently. I think it's as you know, it's it's a lot more mental than it is the actual ability of these goaltenders. I think it's a just very similar to a kicker in football in the NFL. So yeah, I, I think he is he can be good. I think you just gotta get hot. You have to have the, the confidence from the team and your coach. And once you have that belief, I think those goalies that that puck starts looking like a beach ball. So yeah, I think he's yeah. he can be good. I, I just think like you said, I there's a lot of question marks, and even Tavares now. You see him; he's slowing down. He's a yeah. He's played, you know, the season low the other night. I believe it was like 15 minutes. He looks slower. I don't know if he's a, a legitimate two C anymore. So I, there's just a lot of question marks around that team, and you know, you you hope they can can kind of turn around because I love watching Matthews. I love watching Willie Styles. It's just they don't have that bona fide number one defense. But I guess I do love Morgan Riley. But I think he's a he's a really good number two. I think you need someone that's a little heavier back there. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they do. I just hope they can get in the playoffs because it's it's going to be a grind to even get into the dance for them, I think. Yeah, it's been uh, up and down. In terms of – so you've seen the least roster. You've seen them play a ton of this year. Perfect world. Who, do you, who would you – if you're the GM, GM for 24 hours, who would you trade for? Well, I don't know if it's going to be popular, but I, I've been saying this, and I think he's a great player. I would have gotten rid of Marner probably two years ago, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I, I think – I think him and Styles are the same type of player. I think Willie plays better in the playoffs. I just think for, you know, 11 bananas a year, 11 million a year, you could get a great defenseman in a, in a second or third line center or a winger. I think a guy like that, he is good, but I think he plays a little outside. I think he plays a little bit outside the dots, especially mm-hmm. come playoff time. And who am I to say I'm a guy that played 42 games, but that's just what I, when I see, when I watch him play no, of course. is uh, I, I see him, I, I think you could get a lot of return for a player like that. And I don't think you're going to be able to re-sign him unless, you know, you get rid of, I guess, Tavares, but he has a no-move clause. So it's going to be – you're going to have to do a lot of cap juggling there. So that would probably be my guy. If I'm Brad Scherling, I'd, I even Kyle Dubas dating back to a few years ago, I would be looking for just trying to move Marner for like a, a number one defenseman. And I don't know who that is. I don't know if, hmm. if Cam Fowler really moves the needle. He's a little bit of a depreciating asset in terms of – you know, 32 years old now, but I just think you look at Vegas and I'm just a big believer in you need big heavy D and a guy like Petrangelo, who I saw firsthand in St. Louis, like St. Louis should have never got rid of that guy. Like he, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Like there's a big heavy number one defense and Victor Hedman with the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. lightning when they won back to back, like you always see these big heavy defensemen on cup winning teams. So I don't know. It's hard to say who you move and how you could really juggle it, but if you're just looking at it in terms of, you know, if you could keep three of those guys in terms of Matthews, Styles, or, or Mitchie Marner, I'm, I'm probably getting rid of Marner and, and maybe going after a, some sort of D. But easier said than done, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I paid way too much money to, to hear that, though, for this fucking thing back here. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't even see that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, I got it. I got, went to yeah, some parking lot an hour away. Got oh, bought okay. a signed one, so yeah, you know, oh, tough sorry. here, tough here in that. But I'm good. chirping your, I'm chirping your best, your favorite <laughs> player over there. <laughs> I got a Matthews one upstairs too, but okay, okay. neither here nor there. Anyways, with my last question, I got here with hockey night in Scottsdale. You've gotten to see a whole bunch of different teams. Who's your favorite team to watch in terms of we'll call it entertainment value, and uh, who's your dark horse for this year? I love watching Florida. I think they're just greasy. I think they play just a funny game. I like. I, 
They're always just in your face. They have these scumbags on their team a little bit. Nick Cousins and Kachuk's always running in his mouth and Lomberg. And I like their defensive core with Montour. And I think Ekblad, yes, I think he's taken a little bit of a step back just because of the injuries. But I still like his game. I like Gustav Forsling. I like their team. I, I really do. And if Bob can stay hot and they can maybe add a couple pieces at the deadline, maybe in their bottom six, I think this team can – can go for another run. I, I really like for Swaggy, Carter Verhage. This guy just buries. He just tucks. And obviously you look at a guy like Ryan Hurt, who might have 60 goals this year, and <laughs> and then one of the most underrated players in Barkov. So I, I just really like how they play. I think Billy Zito's done a great job with that team. I really like watching them out of the East. So I would say that's probably my favorite out of the East right now, sitting here on January 24th, just a week before the All-Star game. And then my dark horse, I don't, I don't know if you can really call him a dark horse, but, I mean, can Edmonton get it done? Like, can they come all the way from the basement to, to win the league? They're the hottest team right now. They have 14 straight wins. They just added Scory Perry, Corey Scory Perry. So that's another key addition to their bottom six. Adds a little veteran presence, some grease, um, you know, a power play presence on the probably the second unit net front. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just a, another really valuable cup-winning-like player. So, I like them. I don't know if they'd be a dark horse, but I, I like them. That would be just crazy if they could climb all the way back to, to win it. So I'm walk, looking at those two teams. you got Vegas and Colorado, too, in the in the West. McKinnon, the dog, he's been on a different level this year. So those are probably, like, the three or four teams I'm looking at. And then, I don't know, like, Carolina, I'm not crazy about. I'm not yeah. crazy about Boston. Tampa Bay, I think, you know, they can win a round or two. But I'm just not sure if they're – you know, they might be just kind of past their time a little bit. But, yeah, those are probably the four teams I'm looking at if I'm, if I'm going Johnny Chan all in on the, on the poker table over here. Sounds good, yeah. I mean, it, I mean Florida's got the, such a complete roster. I mean, I don't understand how Boston's winning all these games with their center depth right there. It makes right. – even their forward depth in general makes no sense to me. Yeah, and, like, people, people love this Winnipeg team, but – I don't know. I, I thought they were unbelievable when they came into the iconic mullet the other week. I thought they were great. They looked really mm-hmm. good. They were the be- they're the best team I've seen. Like the way they move the puck, the way their systems, the way they get up the ice in a fa- five man unit, and the way they can control the play in the offensive zone. I mean, it was really like it was a silhouette. It was like an orchestra. They were dancing all over the place, making a f- you know really good cycle plays as a five man unit. I just don't know if they can sustain that, you know, those, those Winnipeg winters, man, I spent time in North Dakota, Grand Forks, like, Oh, can you get to April without being like, fuck, get me out of here. Mista, Mista, get me out of here. So, I mean, if they can do it, maybe they got the tanning beds going, maybe, you know, they're battling the sun going down at 3 PM, but I I don't know. It's, it's tough sledding up there as I know firsthand because those winters are long. So if they can get through that and get in the playoffs, with still some sort of mental uh, stability, then maybe, but I don't know. I, they got to prove it to me first. <laughs> They're just dying. They're just dying. Cancun on three. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, oh. I mean, you got, you're sleeping with the Canada goose on. You put it on in training camp in <laughs> September, and you're taking it off at Cinco de Mayo. You know, it's like, fuck me. How much longer can I do this? So, And I love Winnipeg. I love Vegas in the north, but I'm just saying that's – I'm calling a spade a spade. So, I mean, that's true. Never thought about it that way. Um Jordan Schmaltz, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for taking the time to come on the program here. Um, All-Star Weekend, are you guys doing a live show for Hockey Night in Scottsdale? Yeah, we, we were going to, but I, I think we're going to hold on. I think we're going to come back a different weekend. We will be boots on the ground up there still, but I, we were trying to work out a live show. and it, Just today, it was like, you know what? We're only about a week out. Like, Let's just hold on this. We don't want to rush it. We have our show this week in New York City. 
at the Canucks. So we're going to do a show there, three or four more planned. We'll plan on doing another live show at some point in Toronto. It's just right now, I think we're going to hold for All-Star Week. We got some other things in the works, but yes, we will be boots on the ground, me and the Heat Daddy. So we will be up there regardless. I got it. I got you there. Um, what's your handle so that plug your handle so that everyone can keep an eye out. Uh, the good folks. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. My Instagram, I think is at J Schmaltz. So at the letter J S C H M A L T Z 24. And then my Twitter is at J underscore swish 24. So gotcha. That's what we got. Gotcha. Baby. Yep. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. This was awesome.